What's up, End Times Church? This is your brother, Nico. Welcome to the Rumble Reverend Podcast. So, today is Tuesday, September 28th, 2021. And um, I'm just coming to report on a post that I saw recently on social media. And um, as I was reading the posts and... um, Bible verses started coming to my mind, and I just felt like this is something that I need to talk about. It's a bit controversial. Um, <clears throat> if there's children, maybe perhaps I wouldn't recommend them listening to this. Not that it's going to be X-rated or anything, but um, it does it's, does involve content that is adult in nature, um, and <clears throat> but. So if you don't feel comfortable with your children listening about sex uh, or the adult industry, things like that, I'd recommend perhaps not allowing them to listen. Um, but <clears throat> in this uh, in this podcast, uh, I'm just going to show more evidence of the great falling away yeah, that's uh, mentioned in Scripture. And this is just an example of of that, of a person who proclaimed to be a Christ follower, a Christian, and now has declared that they don't, that uh, they want to be themselves. They really don't want to be, like Christian is kind of like a uh, an alias uh, uh, to the side, not the first. But before uh, I get into the message, uh, I'd always... Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray, speak to us and teach us what it is you want us to teach, what you want us to be taught, and what you want to speak to us as your people, as your listeners. I pray, Lord, to be able to convey the message as best as possible. I pray, God, not only to deliver the truth, but also love and grace helping to find that balance so that I can deliver the uh, the truth in love. In Jesus' name, amen. So more evidence of of the great falling away. We live in a very crazy world, crazier than I could ever imagine. Just when things couldn't get any more weird or evil or wicked or just plain old odd, it just seems like the notch gets kicked up a little more. Um, so I was reading um, uh, the Christian Post reported that, uh, quote, after failed stint as pastor's wife, uh, Nadia Hilton returns to porn as a Christian. Now, one thing I, w- I wanted to know cause I, um, was that I thought that at one point this lady um, – was wanted to be a pastor. She was a pastor. She wasn't just a pastor's wife. She was a pastor. Um, I remember this story uh, back in 2014 because I had just, I had uh, the year before that in 2013, I gave my life to the Lord. And this came, this report happened in 2014 where there was a, uh, a female adult actress who was involved in pornography and, um, out of the blue, she says, you know what? I'm born again. I'm Christian. 
Um, she repented and, you know, I, and I remember <clears throat> when that art, that article came out, there was mixed reviews, of course. Some people didn't believe that she was really saved. Uh, some people were all for it and condemned those who were saying that she wasn't saved. Uh, but then there was those who were, you know, let's just watch and see to see what fruit she bears, which is what I recommend doing. I mean, when anybody begins to declare they're Christian, okay, praise God. Now just watch them. But, and, and if it's somebody that you have access to, because obviously these people are that I'm talking about are, are rich and famous and they're not easily accessed. You know, because they may have security or they have, they're too busy or they just think they're, you know, they're too, too cool for school to, to be talked to by a nobody. But if you're able to get a hold of someone and, and help them do it, you know, I, I wish I could talk to this, this person. Uh, her real name is Crystal, uh, D. Gregorio. That's her real name. Her stage name is Nadia Hilton. Now I recommend, um, do not look her up, videos up. Please don't. I'm not letting you know about this person so that way you can go look them up on Google, uh, to see who this person is. Who cares, you know, what this person looks like or what they did before? You know, the fact of the matter is, is this woman is an image bearer of God and she also needs salvation. And, um, <clears throat> there's just so many things I see here. And I really don't want to come off as judgmental, but the word of God has already judged what's good and what's evil. And all I'm doing as a messenger, as an ambassador of, of God and obeying him is letting people know this is what God's word has to say on this matter. And there is not a whole lot of gray area here. And I know that there's going to be some people who are not going to like what I have to say. Well, too bad. You know, the, the word of God is, uh, is offensive sometimes and it offends people. And sometimes the word of God is counterculture. It's against the culture that we have right now. And, um, I believe in this word, but, uh, um, but then again, I'm not one to condemn someone to hell. And that's something that this this uh, this woman had mentioned is that people were condemning her to hell for very minor uh, infractions, if you want to call it. <clears throat> so we live in a world where there are Christians now who believe they can be porn stars. Just when you think you hit a new low, a Christian porn star arrives on the scene. Uh, so back in 2014, um, this young woman, Crystal Gregorio, a.k.a. Uh, Nadia Hilton, made headlines by quitting her career in, in pornographic films to become a Christian pastor. She later married Pastor David Bassett in 2015. They both led New Beginnings Christians Life Church in New York. All right, so let me pause there. That's one thing I remember, and it was a red light to me, even back then as a young believer, that this woman 
wanted to become a pastor. It's, it was a good thing that she wanted to get born again and turn her life around and stop doing uh, pornographic films. Praise the Lord for that. But this whole thing of she needs to be a pa- she wants to be a pastor. Somebody needed to come alongside her and let her know what the Bible says about that. Um, now her and her husband led this church. Okay, well, good. She married a Christian man. He happens to be a pastor. But here's the thing, you know, when you're call yourself a pastor and then you marry someone who's a pastor, your congregation is going to hold you to a higher standard as it should because someone with a good track record, someone with who's consistent in their faith, someone who's consistently a good Christian, who has been questioned, who's been tested, who's been vetted and gone through the process. Um, you know, there's some bad ones who get through the cracks. You know, we're, we are people. We are not perfect. Hold on. Sorry, I had to put my phone on. Do not disturb. Uh, you know, I'm real bare bones. I'm not fancy. Um, but anyway, I digress. And somebody should have told her what scripture says about that, but uh, about being a pastor and then being a pastor's wife and then leading a church. So, yeah, you're being held to a higher standard. People are going to probably criticize you a bit if you're the pastor's wife or the pastor of the church and you're drinking booze at a party. Like, well, what are you telling everybody that? It's, oh, well, look, pastor so-and-so is doing this, so it's OK for me, too. But you may have people who are struggling with alcoholism. You know, you were so that's one way of looking at it. So, uh, so, th- so Crystal, uh, de Gregorio, aka Nadia Hilton, has now divorced Pastor David Bassett and has remarried and with a baby on the way, uh, as this report came out. Crystal says, after porn, I did a 180 and became a Christian, and now. I just want to be me. So she also mentioned that people are telling her that she's going to hell. <clears throat> so let's pause there. So uh, also in the article in the Christian Post, she didn't want to reveal the name of her new husband. It was just in quotations, Andrew, which leads you to believe that something happened with somebody that Shouldn't have happened. Um, I don't know what the grounds were for the divorce. Um, but she, but after, after divorcing this man, she remarried and she's already pregnant with a child. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure what to say. I mean, I don't think I have to jump to too many conclusions that perhaps she cheated on this, on this, on her husband and got pregnant. And to save face, she divorced and got remarried with the guy that she... I mean, that's possible, right? Um, but this is saying, you know, after porn, I did a 180. That's repentance. That's really good. That you stopped doing it and went the other way. Awesome. I became a Christian. Praise God. But this part really bothers me. And now I just want to be me. Well, when you become a Christian... You're saying, I don't want to be me no more, uh, because if I continue to live this life, I'm going to end up in hell. And, you know, we're supposed to become Christ-like, and the whole 
sanctification process is for us to become more Christ-like and less like ourselves. In fact, in John chapter 3, John the Baptist said that he must increase and I must decrease. And then when we look in, in the epistles of Paul, he talks about crucifying the flesh and putting it to death. And that when we are baptized and we rise again, we're risen to a new life. That the old things have passed away and behold, everything is brand new and that we are new creatures. But she's saying, I just want to, I want to be plain old me. It gets worse. She later complains that being a pastor is hard. Also mentioning that because she was a pastor, she was held to a higher standard. And she was judged one time for drinking alcohol. So, yeah, if she knew the scriptures, she would know that, yes, pastors and elders and deacons and, and people uh, in those in those ranks are held to a higher standard. They, they do have to have a certain uh, uh, lifestyle that, yeah, the pastor shouldn't drink because the Bible says that the priest shouldn't be drinking. Now, but the, also the Bible says not to get drunk. So, but also we got to have discernment. Like, do I want to go to a party or a church gathering and I'm drinking wine or I'm drinking uh, whatever alcohol, knowing I'm the pastor, knowing that people are watching me and knowing that they're going to judge me and knowing that they might even gossip and slander me behind my back. You're going to go ahead and do it. And then, oh, people are judging me because they're calling me to go to hell. Now, that's a problem with the church. You know, the Bible says not to get drunk. Everyone knows what their limit is. Now, there are some who have changed their lifestyle to where in order to go, go uh, glorify God, and they've they just abstain from it. I know that's for, for me, I abstain from alcohol, but there are times where I do have alcohol, but then I know my limit. I know that if I drink a certain amount of alcohol, I'm going to get a buzz. I don't even want to get buzzed because that's still drunkenness, but I could have a glass of wine. I could have maybe a can of beer. Maybe I could, uh, but I'm not going to go to the hard stuff. I'm not going to have shots of tequila or Jaeger bombs and all that kind of stuff. It's like. That isn't right. You, you see how how it could be. This could lead into more sin, into more problems. So it's just best to you know what I'm staying away from this. And and if you're a church leader, I mean you're a church leader. You're supposed to be an example. Therefore, yeah, people are gonna judge you. Maybe you need to abstain from that wine at someone's so's house party and just drink some Coca Cola or drink some water. Because you're a church, you're a leader, you're an example, you're a pastor, you're called to a higher standard than a, than a normal Christian. But I digress. Let's, let's continue. So one, another problem that this woman has is that she doesn't think that posing nude and being a Christian is a big deal. She blames God for bringing her into this world naked. So because God brought her into this world naked or brings people, in, you know, we're all born naked and nude, that somehow gives her an excuse to pose nude. 
so she's not doing porn like she used to having porn films. She's just eh, on some website. She's just posing, and 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 the person I guess who's taking her pictures is her new husband. That doesn't make it right. You know, the Bible says that that it, that a person thinks that a, a certain way is right, but it's only going to lead them to death and destruction. And I just don't understand. Like, you can't be a Christian porn star. That doesn't exist. You know, the, uh, this past Sunday at my church, they were talking about um, <clears throat> why does God care about our sexuality? Well, he's the one who designed it. He's the one who created it. Therefore, he has, he can say whatever he wants about it because this is his design. And even nudity, let's look back in Genesis. You go to uh, before the fall, Adam and Eve walked around nude, but they didn't realize it, that they didn't know that they were without clothes. They were completely innocent. And to sin in, at the fall of man in Genesis 3, and then they began to realize, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm naked and you cover up. So they started covering up with leaves. After God had judged the serpent, the man and the woman and kicked Adam and Eve out, what did God do in his mercy? He, he, uh, there was an animal that was killed to give them cover. God clothed them. So, just because we come into this world with nothing, with no clothes, and it doesn't mean that, oh, well, I guess I can just walk around naked, and by the way, I'm a Christian. Like, how does that represent God? How does that bring Him glory? That you're making men and women lust over you. You're causing other people to stumble. You're causing, you're, and, and not only that, but you're sinning as well, but you're thinking in your mind, that it's okay, but there's nowhere in scripture that backs that up whatsoever. Uh, another thing this uh, um, Crystal says is that <clears throat> what she's doing now isn't as bad as what she did before. Also noted that she doesn't do a photo shoot with anyone else but her husband. Those excuses don't have a leg to stand on. Shame on the husband for allowing his wife to pose nude because she's that her body is supposed to be for him and him alone and vice versa, according to the scripture. So she isn't supposed to be showing off her goods to other men and women because I'm sure there's women who might be curious and look. I mean, we do live in that day and age, amen? I mean, we live in a, in a, a day and age where um, men can compete in women's um, sports by just saying, hey, I think I'm a woman now. I mean, we, we live in that crazy, twisted world. Um, but just because you're not having sex on film and you're, uh, and you're just posing nude, that doesn't make it any better. It's still a sin. God doesn't, you know, the wages of sin is death. They all have the same. Even the slightest white lie to the uh, massacring tyrant who kills millions. The wage is death. It still has the same wage. Now, the, the consequences of of a, of a of a small white lie comparison to a tyrant killing millions are two different things, but the wage is the same. It's death. So, let's look to what the Bible says about everything here. So, in re first, let's let's talk about 
the the elephant in the room. What does the Bible say about the qualifications of a pastor or an overseer, a bishop, whatever you want to call it? Uh, by the way, I did do a uh, a podcast a few months ago. Uh, what are the qualifications of an elder? And if you want to check that out, I invite you just go ahead and scroll down. And you'll see it there. And I go into what the Bible says is is what is required of a pastor, of an elder, and and there's certain qualifications. And just because culture changes. That doesn't mean that scripture changes. That doesn't mean God has to change alongside with the culture. Um, if anything, Christians should be counterculture. And just like the Bible says, we obey God rather than men. Amen. So let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 1 through 7. And it even the the name of the the chapter or that section is qualifications of for overseers. This the saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife. Sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well, with all dignity keeping his children submissive, for if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church. He must not be a recent convert or he may be may become puffed up with conceit and fall into condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace into a snare of the devil. So I mean right there and then, I mean the word says Right there, if if this if you feel judged, the word of God has judged you. If if um, that's just plain and simple, God is the one judging, not me. God's the one who said that this is wrong or this is right, and this isn't a uh, anything to do with sexism or anything like that. If you look, go back to Genesis, the man and the woman are equal. It's all about order. It's about responsibility. It's not about sexism. So the first thing I want to talk about in 1 Timothy chapter 3 that stood out to me, recent convert. So as I recall, back in 2014, as she's even stated, you know, she had did a 180, stopped going to, stopped making these movies, and she became a Christian. But the thing is, is that she wanted to become a pastor. Now, the Bible does say here, if anyone aspires for the office of overseer, he desire they desire a noble thing. Of course, that's a good thing. But there are some requirements. If you don't meet the requirements, you cannot be a pastor, an elder, or an overseer. So one of the first thing, one of the things is a recent convert. This person was a recent convert, and for whatever reason, they let her be a pastor anyway. 
Uh, one other one that's beeping red in my mind, faithful to his, and big underline, his wife. Like I mentioned, it's not about sexism. It's about responsibility and order. God is a God of order. And he has laid on the men to be the leader, the overseer. It's not about, oh, well, women are, are below men. No, they're not. They're equal. They have different responsibilities. And one of the responsibilities of a man is to be an overseer. But they have to qualify. They have to qualify. So... Recent convert, that was one that really stood out. This this woman was a recent convert, became a pastor or a pastor's wife. I remember, and I'm sure maybe some of you who were, who were around uh, that time or saw this article, I recall she said she was going to be a pastor. She didn't, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't even know she got married and got married to a pastor. <clears throat> so that was news to me when I read this. Uh, next is respectable, not a lover of money. Have a good reputation, not given to drunkenness. So, right there, um, earlier in the in the report, she was talking about, oh, these people are telling me I might be going to hell because of I was drinking alcohol. Like, well, you're not supposed to be given to drunkenness, pastor. Don't get drunk, and that equals self control, and which is also that's a requirement as a as a pastor. Has a good reputation. Would you say that? This uh, Nadia Hilton has a good reputation. I understand it's her past life, but I mean, I don't know, man. It's just some things. I mean, especially now, you know, um, with with the things I reported, I let God judge. God will judge all of that accordingly. All I could do is just look in the Word and and report. Uh, another thing is, must be a husband and a father, and must manage their family well. So, automatically, this woman is already disqualified from being a pastor. Could she be, a uh, as a pastor's wife, a leader? Absolutely, but... Just be, one thing I want to mention is just because a man becomes a pastor, that doesn't mean that his wife automatically becomes a pastor also. And that doesn't automatically mean also that because she is the pastor's wife, now she's in charge of all the women's ministry and this, that, that, and the other. I actually have a pastor whose pastor's, the pastor wife wasn't involved with anything in the church. She was just the pastor's wife, and that was it. Once in a while, she'd come up. He'd ask her to come and talk, but that was it. And I kind of like that because I, I, it's like the pastor's the one's in charge. She's not. She's just his wife. It doesn't. And, and I saw this in the military a lot. Uh, for example, a, a new company commander comes. You know, it's usually a captain, and if they're married, they want to automatically make the commander's wife in charge of the. Um, in charge of this, in charge of that, and da 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 da, and somehow uh, also she assumes his rank, and that's totally wrong. Because just because he has a certain, he has a uh, a rank or a title or whatever you want to call that, that doesn't mean she somehow automatically assumes that position as well. Anyway, I digress. So another verse that I want to take a look at is in Titus chapter 1. So let's go to Titus chapter 1. When you get to Titus, uh, go to 
verse 5 and, and through 9. It says, uh, this is a qualification of elders. Uh, this is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife and his children are believers and are not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. For an overseer, as God's steward, must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or drunkard or violent or greedy for green, but hospitable, a, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught, so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. I don't think there's, there's not, I mean, it's, it's pretty cut and dry, folks. I mean, the position of overseer, elder is for a man. And for this woman to become a pastor, that was wrong. Um, now, she got married to a pastor and, be, and became a pastor's wife. And then she's saying, being a pastor is hard. Yeah, it is. I imagine it is. I imagine it's very hard. And it must be very difficult. It must be very lonely. And that's why we got to pray for our pastors. so that Because they're, they're human just like we are. They are above reproach and all that. But there's, they're, they're, st they're human. They still can sin. They can still be tempted. And we got to pray up our pastors and our elders and our deacons. And the people who God has chosen to put uh, as authority over us. But once again, um, it has to be someone who's above reproach, a husband of one wife. So that already disqualifies her there. Children must be believers. Uh, she just had a baby, so I don't know. Uh, not open, not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. Uh, I can't judge that. And they must be above reproach. Must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard. And she mentioned she likes to drink. Violent or greedy for, for gain. Now, I, one of, I remember reading in this Christian post about this was that, you know, she's, in order to see, it's got a, it's some kind of private room or whatever, or private thing. And you got to pay in order to see it. So, I don't know, man. That, that seems to me like greedy for gain. Uh, hospitable, I don't know. Lover of, of good, I can't really count. Self-controlled, uh, I don't know. Upright, holy, and disciplined. This doesn't seem like that it would describe. It probably wouldn't describe a whole lot of us, but I mean, I'm holding this person up to the standard of pastor. So because they claim to be one, at one point, and they were leading a church. So I have to hold them to this, right? He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught. They want to be themselves. That goes against, that contradicts the word. Uh, they want to drink. That contradicts the word for a pastor. Um, they want to say, well, God may let me come to the world naked. Well, I guess I'm just going to run around naked and be a Christian. That's not in the word. That contradicts the word. 
That's not sound teaching. That's not sound doctrine. What are young? What is this woman teaching women and young ladies who are, who are believers who follow her that this is okay? It's not. This is very dangerous. And saying, oh, well, this isn't as bad as I, what I did before. Well, it's still bad. You know, discernment isn't not just knowing what is good and what is bad, but also something that appears good, but still bad. That's having discernment. Like, okay, maybe that's not as bad, but that's still bad. I'm still not touching that with a 10-foot pole. But I digress. Uh, another word that I want to take a look at, another scripture is in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12. And where I want to focus is where it says a woman is, women are not allowed to teach or to have authority over men. It's not about sexism. It's about responsibility and order. It's been, it's the responsibility of men to be the ones who lead the church. It's the men who teach. Now, does that mean that a woman can't be an evangelist? Absolutely not. They can. Does that mean that a woman can't teach other women? Absolutely not. They should. In fact, I believe that there should be more churches because even in the Bible, it says that the older women should be teaching the younger women how to be wives. And that isn't happening. And that's really sad because I really believe that, that, um, that especially new believers, they need to be taught how to be Christian. And there isn't really any classes on that. You know, I remember a few years ago, well, we're going to have a discipleship class. And I was really excited because I was like, oh man, you know, I really need some more direction. It ended up not being a, a disciple class. And you know what they ended up turning into? Oh, this is going to be our membership class. And I'm like, I thought this was going to be discipleship. Like, I need to know how to be discipled or whether I, uh, or, you know, because I need it. Everyone does. From the top to the bottom, you got to have somebody who can be, you can be accountable to, someone you can talk to. But it was nothing about that. And I was so disappointed. And this, and this tragedy with this woman could have been avoided if somebody would have came along and discipled her and had the nerve and had the courage to stick to the word. And, oh, but I want to, I feel like it. I think I should be a pastor. Like, no, the Bible says this. You can't do it or you're going to be contradicting the word of God. You will be in sin. But nobody said that. But also, maybe she did hear that, but rejected it. Well, that's now between her and God. God will judge her accordingly. I'm not here to judge. I'm here to report what the Bible says. And the Bible says that a lot of the things that this young lady was doing was incorrect. And that somebody should have corrected her. Somebody should have had the, the nerve to come alongside her and show her the truth. No one is perfect, including pastors and Christians. Nobody is. I not. I know I'm not. I fall short every single day. You know, it's not about being perfect. It's about progressing and growing. With time, we will be perfected. With time, we just need to grow in in becoming Christ-like and in the image of the Christ and having the mind of Christ and having the the heart of Christ, having the love of Christ, and and striving for that goal. That's 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 our goal is to be more Christ-like. But 
so what I'm getting at is, yes, that nobody's perfect, but a pastor should be a man with a consistent track record, that he is a man who does not cheat on his wife, is a man who doesn't get drunk, is a man who is not violent, is a man who loves good, is a man who is self-controlled, is a man who is not given into drunkenness, is a is a husband and if and a father, and is able to manage his family well, and somebody who's faithful and somebody who's respectable, and somebody who's not a lover of money, and somebody who has a good reputation. Another verse that reminds me um, about this about this situation with uh, Nadia Hilton, and because I, it's in First uh, John chapter two verse nineteen, and the word says that if they were of us, they'd continue to be with us. And if she was really a, a born again Christian. She would continue with us. She would con- so, just like some people say, and this is harsh. And I'm sorry if I offend you, but you know, I, you know, some people might say that she was never really saved. It's possible, but then again, her story isn't finished. It could be like this right now, and in a few years later, who knows? Maybe she might wake up again, and, and the Lord might. Get a hold of her and show her and open her eyes, and that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm. That's my hope. <clears throat> Another thing that this uh, woman said was that only God can judge her, and that should terrify all of us. Even in the Bible, it says that the demons believe in God and they tremble. Now you got to think about it. These demons at one point were angels, and they saw the one true living God with their own eyes. And it scares them. But yet, eh, only God could judge me. Every, anybody who says that, that is so arrogant. That is so wrong. It's not in the Bible. That's Tupac. That is not Jesus. That is not the God of the Bible saying that. You should be afraid that if God is the only one who can judge you because there is going to come a day when everyone will be judged by God, Jesus Christ, and we will be judged by his word, by his standard. And if you fail one, one commandment, you failed them all. And since we're not perfect, that's why we need Jesus. We need Jesus who lived a perfect life and be the, uh, uh, kind of be like our substitution. He took the death that we deserved in exchange, his perfect sinless life was imputed, given to us. That's what happened at the cross. Now, God doesn't have to judge you. God sees you, looks at you, says, oh, I see my son. I see the blood of Jesus. His person is covered. The wrath of God has been, is passed over. But those who don't have, who don't believe in Christ, those who, who are, Gully enough to say, only God can judge me. Yeah, one day God is going to come and judge you and judge you in wrath. That should terrify you. That should be scary to you. Let's go to John chapter 12, verse 48. John chapter 12, verse 48 says, The one who rejects me and does not receive my words 
has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. So there it is, plain and simple, right out of the mouth of the Lord himself, that the one who rejects me, him, Jesus Christ, does not receive my words, has a judge. So now God has to judge you. So yeah, God only God can judge me. Yeah, this is your verse right here. Only God can judge you, and that's not good. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. So only God can judge me as a Christian. Don't say that. It's not don't put it on a t-shirt. Don't put it on your Facebook. Don't wear a hat. Don't tattoo it. Don't nothing because that's not that's not of God. It's a it's appointed unto men to die once, but after that is judgment. Let's look at that. That's in uh, Hebrews chapter nine, verse twenty-seven. So let me read it word for word. I was prayer phrasing before. So Hebrews chapter nine, verse twenty-seven says, "And just as it is appointed for a man to die once, and after that comes the judgment." Verse twenty-eight. So Christ having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. So, it's appointed for everyone. I have an appointment. You have an appointment. The, the guy down the street has an appointment with God one day. And we all have to stand before him to be judged. How do you want to be, when you stand before God, how do you want to stand before him as a friend or a foe? As a kind and merciful God who welcomes you into his kingdom? Or a God who's angry and sends you to eternal separation because there's no exit. There's a door entering the hell, but there is no exit. And just like there's one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. That's the only way to heaven. Something to think about there. Uh, the last thing I want to touch base with is uh, to go back to the beginning. Let's go back to Genesis. So I'm going to read from verse 8 in um, chapter 3 verse um, in Genesis. And, and it says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and, have, and I hid myself. Verse 11, the Lord says, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? And then goes on, the man, you know, Adam accuses his wife. And even it goes to the point to accuse even God for giving him a wife. And that's the fall of man. So when you look at verse 11, it's like, who told you you were naked? They didn't even know. Not only that, I, once I was reading this, like he said that he was afraid. Like, why would you be afraid? You know, that's, that's, fear is the opposite of faith. 
So, I mean, I, I just, just realized that like, wow, they were, they experienced fear. And we know that anything that's not of fear is sin. Uh, another verse I want to take a look at and also in Genesis chapter three is to go to verse 21. And, uh, but I'm going to start at verse 20. It says, The man called his wife Eve because she was the mother of all living. Verse 21. And the Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skins and clothed them. So after the fall, it was sinful for mankind to be naked because God has judged that. And we see here in verse 21 of Genesis chapter 3, And the Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skins and clothed them. So that is why we wear clothes. That is why you can't run around naked. We're supposed to be covered up. Why exactly and all the details into that, I'm sorry, I don't have those answers. You'd have to ask those kind of questions to God. You'd have to pray about it. You'd have to ask for wisdom. You'd probably have to look for it. And maybe you'll never know now. And maybe later you will. I don't know. But I can't sit here and answer all the questions. I'm just, just here to report the message. And the message is this. And the, and you, when you look in the scripture, God has already judged. God has already given his word. And if you feel judged or condemned because of the word, then it's God's word that's convicting you, not me. I'm not condemning you to hell. I, I like just the Lord, want everyone to come to repentance and that all would not go to hell. But that isn't the case. We know that the Bible describes that more people will go to hell than they go to heaven. That few find the door which leads to eternal life. But broad and wide is the road that leads to destruction. And don't forget that all of us were at one point on that road. And thank God that he had mercy and grace and love to save us. That he would, that God would give up the most precious thing that he had in his possession, his only begotten son, and offered him to save us. Why do people reject a God who offers so much? It's because they love their sin. They love their sin more than they love God. And we know that, once again, just like I was, the title of this is that Another example of falling away. It even says that in the end times that men would be uh, lover of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Are we seeing that now? Isn't this an example of that? Well, anyway, so that's the end of my teaching. So let's pray and, uh, and that'll end this episode. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I just lift up this uh, this woman, Crystal Crystal De Gregorio, Lord, I just pray her her story isn't finished. Lord God, I just pray for her and her husband and her child. God, I pray that if they are really saved, if, that God that that if they would repent, Your Word says that Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us 
of all of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So we just lift this woman up and her family. And Lord, I just pray, you know, I feel like her church failed her, that, that people failed her because they didn't disciple her and, and, and show her the, the sound doctrine. Oh God, I pray that, that we wouldn't be like that. That we would try to come alongside somebody if God given uh, the opportunity to come alongside them and correct them in love and correct them in kindness, but also in truth. Help us, Lord, because we're all guilty of sexual sin as some way or another. God, forgive us and we repent as your children. And we, um, we pray these things in your name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. <clears throat> So thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for all my supporters and listeners. God bless you. I love you guys for um, for all, for listening in and supporting and sharing my my podcast. Um, I don't have a lot of followers, but that's okay. It's not about the quantity, but the quality. And the, I mean, even Jesus had twelve disciples, and and with those twelve, they changed the world. So I just thank God that there's anybody who listened. Uh, and, and my podcast has now been all over the place, all over the world. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's nothing that I did. So praise God. Anyway, um, I'm still live and recording from a bedroom in my mother's um, mother-in-law's house uh, please uh, continue to pray that we would uh, find a place to live um, the, the housing market out here is vicious I didn't expect it to be as bad as it was I mean uh, thank God I got my house sold but it's really hard I mean some of these places are asking for like three months in advance and the last month or they want you to have like really good credit and I'm sorry man I I right now I I'm in a bad shape and I just don't qualify so um so yeah and and that's kind of sad but I, but once again it could be a whole lot worse and I thank God that I have a roof over my head I thank God that I have clothes on my back and I thank God that I have food in my stomach. And I thank God that I still have my family, that I still have my wife and my kids, and that I'm still able to take them to school. And, uh, you know, it's just a season that I'm going through. And this season will end. There will be an end. And when it ends, I'll come out different, I'll come out better, come out stronger. And, um, and yeah, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I have to have faith even if things go worse. I got to have faith even if things go well. Whether things go well or bad, the name of the Lord is to be praised. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the sun. Anyway, God bless you. Thank you for listening. Until next time, peace.